Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Level Up Human, the comedy science podcast, souping up the homo sapien. Welcome, dear humans, to Level Up Human Extra. I am Simon Watt. I'm your host for the regular Level Up Human. And now we're behind the scenes in our amazing recording studio, by which I mean Rachel's front room, joined by producer Rachel Wheelie. Hello. Hello, Rachel. Hi. We're doing these until we uh, basically get money and funding to go back on the road again and talk to experts. Uh, Yeah, so rather than talking to experts, I'm I'm talking to Rachel. And that was not as meant to be as insulting sounding as that actually was. That's okay. I mean, I, I I wouldn't claim to be an expert, so I'm not going to be upset by that. But we've got quite an interesting thing to talk about today. Yeah, well, I, I claim to be an expert and nobody's noticed otherwise since, so it's okay. I think you secretly are. Fake it till you make it now, fake it till you make it now. We've got, uh, we're, we're delving into the sort of behind the scenes of the newest science stories that have been happening right now. And Rachel, it looks like both you and I came together with the same one. We've been reading an article in Wired, which is basically about exactly the kind of stuff I like. Do you want to take it away? Explain to our audience what this is. Yes. So this is about how to, how we could soon be eliminating entire species using CRISPR technology. Yeah. Like by the way, <laughs> for an optimistic podcast about the future, to start with something that sounds an awful lot like an extinction drive, yeah, sounds weird. But it's kind of fantastic. I think we struggle to convince anyone that our podcast is optimistic. Yet it is, really. Yeah. When, when it's just that we tend to talk about the apocalypse a lot, that's all. Well, yes, I suppose. But but this is one I really, really like. So I suppose we have to tell everybody, first of all, if you don't know what CRISPR is, we should start there. And the quickest, easiest way of thinking about it is it's sort of like a genetic tool that we've nicked from some bacteria and allows the kind of gene editing power that was in sci-fi films maybe, what, 20, 30 years ago. And they're hoping that they can perhaps apply this to species that are mucking around where they shouldn't be. Now, I don't want to sound all ukippy or anything like that, but invasive species in some places are doing massive harm and driving species to extinction. So getting rid of things like cats and rats and mice and things like on islands like New Zealand uh, is going to help the indigenous wildlife a great deal. One fact I found out while I was reading about this, which I find quite interesting, is that 
Uh, it's a particular problem on islands, particularly because mostly we brought the invasive species to the islands on boats. Yeah. Um, and there are 465,000 islands on Earth, which are home to 41% of endangered land vertebrates. True. So these are creatures which have sort of like got a bit lazy in terms of their evasive manoeuvres because they didn't need any invasive manoeuvres for years and years and years. So they've started laying eggs on the ground. They've stopped being able to fly. They're basically, they, they've got a Sky subscription. They're just binge watching Netflix. They're ordering Uber Eats. They've become completely <laughs> infantilized as we city dwellers are particularly prone to. And so rats uh, and similar species like that can just completely wipe them out. I like the phrase evolutionarily complacent. Yes. I think that's, that's what they've got. That's exactly it. And one of the famous examples that you can first think of is everybody knows about the dodo. And the dodo died out in about 1662. My favourite thing about the dodo dying out, though, is that it was 20 years before we even noticed and about two centuries before it was formally acknowledged, because at that point in history, people thought only God could create and destroy. The notion that we were powerful enough to wipe something out was seen to be absurd. But good news, humans, we are that powerful. We can cause a mass extinction. Yay? Well, we're going to have to be careful. <laughs> we're going to have to be very, very careful with that. But I do kind of think like this this potentially could be better than what they're doing at the moment. So this article that we both read is about a guy called Carl Campbell, whose job is to eliminate pest species from islands. And his methods of doing so um, are really quite uh, dangerous for indigenous species that they don't want to knock out. So there's an example of how they rounded up all the uh, hawks on Pinzon Island. I don't know how to pronounce that. Pinzon Island in the Galapagos, they rounded up 60 hawks and kept them safe while they poisoned the rats that lived on the island. Yeah. They then released the hawks back onto the island and found that they were dying because they had been eating the lava lizards, which had been eating the rats. Yes. So this is the problem, is that it's never quite as simple as just kind of poisoning all the thing that you want to get rid of you can there, there can be ongoing uh, repercussions this is the problem of ecology basically is whenever you hear of a food web it is a proper web and i always i always hate talking about ecology because it makes me sound like such a hippie because it is literally saying everything's interconnected man yeah but it is though yeah i know but it's just sort of so annoying like because because i'm you know a scientist and rationalist and everything but this is one of those places where suddenly you're in there you've got to love your planet well, bringing it back to ludicrous reality, I was also reading in this article about Matahari goats, because uh, <laughs> so one of the things that Carl Campbell has been doing to get rid of goats infest infesting various islands is bringing sexually receptive lady goats to lure the male goats out of hiding. And then he attacks them all with a machine gun, <laughs> essentially from a helicopter. Uh, that, yeah. That's sounding, I'm just imagining the sort of the Wagner-esque Apocalypse Now music playing over footage of a goat massacre. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bleak. Um, this is very necessary. Okay, that's the thing we can all agree on. The pretty much getting rid of invasive species is one of those things that people are, are really trying for. So perhaps using new genetic techniques might make these things more efficient. Um, the one that really pleases me is that New Zealand government last year announced that they were going to be the world first and trying to make their whole nation predator-free by 2050. So they're trying to get rid of all the rats and all things like those goats and return New Zealand to its 
pre-Western colonialist biodiversity, I guess. Aside from the major predators that it hasn't mentioned, which would be uh, people. I don't know if you can call those predators. If you're, if you're not hunting, well, you know, farming might be one of those sort of things that's a bit different. I mean, Carl Campbell's a predator, isn't he? He doesn't live on New Zealand, of course, but... Yeah, but okay. So after you get rid of all the rats and mice and things, um, they've already done this in some islands. And I heard a news report of this the other the other week. And the thing that was astounding was they just basically took out their microphones and listened to the bird life and compared these two islands. And the one and the one where they got rid of all the rats so loud. That is mm. one of the things, my favourite things about it, again, sort of biology, is that people think of nature as being quiet and serene but if you go somewhere truly wild it's nature is shouting at you yeah the cacophony it is quite a nice idea to think that in 1805 we we dumped a load of rats accidentally on an island that we were visiting by boat and that we're now going back to correct that yeah yeah but i guess also the thing was they are they'd argue that this makes economic sense as well. If you're going to be throwing everything you can at saving something like a kiwi, okay, and there's, what, less than 70,000 kiwis in the world right now and 20 die a week because of rats and cats and the like. Mm. The amount of money they're throwing at that anyhow, you may as well throw it in the right direction and get rid of all your pests. And rats eat the eggs as well, presumably. So yeah. it might be 20 adults, but they're presumably also, like, damaging the chances of that species successfully reproducing. Yeah, so the, the kiwi is, is kind of doomed for those reasons. For starters, the world's largest flightless pirate. Its response if it sees a predator is to freeze. Mm. You know, so it's basically making itself yeah, ready. And what makes it even worse is apparently they smell kind of oaty. So like if a rat's something that likes a bit of porridge in the morning, a kiwi's probably a perfect breakfast. Delicious. Yeah. So how is the crisper going to work though? Well, the thing about CRISPR is, as you said, it's kind of like a cut and paste system for genes and genomes. So you can very precisely make a change to a gene. And the thing about gene drives is that it alters the natural way that things work, which is that if there's lots of different types of genes, the offspring of a species has a 50% chance of inheriting the mum version or the dad version. However, if you have a gene drive version the gene basically hijacks that process and the offspring has a virtually 100% chance of inheriting that particular version of the gene, which means that you can flood a species with this gene. Mm. And if that gene is infertility, then then you can wipe it out. So I think they call it driving to fixation. So the idea is that the entire population starts to carry these one sets of genes the places where people have really been looking into this is not just stuff of getting rid of species, but getting rid of diseases mm. as a result. So a long time ago, whenever the sort of big epidemic of Zika first hit South America, Zika is a, a virus that's been around and known about for over 50 years now, but it really kicked off and went bad back during the Olympics there in mm. Brazil. And people started noticing this virus spreading all around the place. And generally, even then, people were looking at these gene drivers as a way possibly of wiping out the mosquitoes. The reasons why they haven't gone ahead of it is, for a start, this technology is not perfected and is not checked out yet. CRISPR is also, though it's more precise than anything we've had so far, it's still not a precision, precision tool. And it may well have other consequences that we don't fully understand yet. 
And the most important one is probably there are still better and easier and cheaper ways of limiting mosquitoes rather than trying something as risky as a genetic driver. I mean, you know, basically avoiding having open pools of water and, and a little bit of water etiquette and even things as nasty as DTT are probably still more efficient at this point. Wiping out these species is not just a matter of protecting wildlife, it's a matter of protecting human health. Would you be sad to say goodbye to a mosquito? Well, no, I wouldn't, but I suppose I'm just naturally a little bit nervous about this sort of thing. Like, are there unintended consequences of it that we we might be able to... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Think about? I reckon so. But depends what those are. Like, so the first one that comes up for things of mosquitoes is people say, well, mosquitoes are bound to have a use. And they probably do. But the ones that spread diseases like malaria and dengue and yellow fever and Zika and things like that in South America are species that shouldn't be there in the first place. So the malaria mosquito, that's uh, Anopheles, um, which is from the Greek, a fantastic name meaning useless. So even the Greeks used to think that the Anopheles mosquito was useless. Um <laughs> There's about 460 species of this mosquito, and as far as I know, none of them are native to South America. So this is an example of an invasive species that we took with us, and we carried the diseases that it took with us as well. And as a result, it's killed so, so many people. Uh, the Zika virus, that's mostly transmitted by um, the AD genus of mosquitoes. And again, they don't belong there. They're species that shouldn't be in South America in the first place. They're a bit different to the... Uh, and the malaria ones, because they come out and bite in during the day as well. But these, these things spread diseases. They will kill people. And therefore, I think we should kill them first. So could it be that we only discover what their critical use in the ecosystem was when we've destroyed them completely? That is very, very possible. But when we talk about critical, there's hundreds and hundreds of other species of mosquitoes. So there are yeah. other ones which will swoop in and fill those empty niches. It could even be that this mosquito is keeping the native mosquito, which is adapted to that environment, kind of suppressed. Yeah. So maybe even environmentally, this might be better in that case as well. So a good news story. 
a good news story that we're not doing. Okay, because this is what we're talking about. We're talking about using CRISPR and stuff as a way of wiping out species like this. I suppose we're arguing now that maybe the intention to wipe out a species is good enough to begin with. And if we're talking about unintended consequences, one of the other things to remember is that invasive species are not invasive everywhere. So what if, for instance, these drivers get somehow out of control, like you transport a rat from New Zealand back to Europe, and suddenly nowhere's got any rats anymore? Would that have a major impact? Would that be detrimental? I imagine it would be somewhere in the ecosystem. Yeah, and there's a there's a thing in this article about how uh, a, a small number of animals with the altered genome could actually have a very large effect on the ecosystem. Yeah, I think it is even if it takes a little bit of time. Like So these things will work to fixation eventually. Everybody will end up having these genes. And the guy they're talking about here, uh, Kevin Esbold, I actually met at a conference in Google did you? Uh, in San Francisco a couple of years ago, and I heard him talking about one of the projects that he's discussing in this this Wired article. Um, and I have to admit, I just find him to be a deeply fascinating and interesting man, and I felt really kind of disappointed with the discussion that I ended up having in this in this conference because roughly half the people were seeing the potential of this and thought it was amazing, and the other half were seeing this as just being inherently destructive and awful. And uh, that you can you shouldn't wipe out anything deliberately ever. So mm. it, it really split the room down these very very thick lines, and it also meant that people who were attacking him and people who are using these techniques for not consulting the public, forgetting that is entirely what he was doing at that precise moment <laughs> and trying to talk about these and th- these things, see what is possible, see what people's concerns were. Um, the project that he was talking about then, and the, and the one which I think is is so fascinating as a trial, is to try and stop Lyme disease on Nantucket Island in Massachusetts. And they're hoping there to use basically a gene drive to wipe out local susceptible mice by swamping them with these mice that are engineered to be Lyme and tick resistant, basically. They hope that then these resistance genes will spread enough through the population to stop people dying of this. Mm. I can't see anything wrong with the intention. No, there's nothing wrong with the intention is just what happens if it goes wrong crispr does occasionally go wrong yeah uh, mutations still happen and don't we don't entirely 100% understand what the implications of crispr mutations are yeah that's that's very fair to say but the other thing is that there's a cost to not doing this kind of intervention people are going to die of of Lyme disease people are going to contract these diseases and the cycle will spread on over time Moreover, though, if we're trying to control the populations, like we're talking about killing rats earlier, mm. the main ways is using warfarin. So basically, you're given something which means that the rats will bleed to death over several days. Um, arguably, this fast and efficient method, if it's killing species, is cheaper, easier, and perhaps more humane. Or if it's just making them immune to diseases like Lyme disease and the ticks that bite them, then yeah. Yeah, and it's the guy whose job is to eliminate species from islands who is the most enthusiastic proponent of gene drives. He's the one actually dropping thousands and thousands of pellets onto inhabited islands yeah. uh, and very concerned about the effect on the ecosystems and also small children who might pick up these pellets. But it seems to be the only way that they can do it at the moment. So I, I, I'm completely with you that, that these things appear to be a really good idea. 
But I have also noticed that gene editing has been added to the list of threats posed by weapons of mass destruction. (laughs) So it's just... and, And one thing which concerns me a little bit is that if they make a mistake with this, and when I say they, it could be any people it, you know it could could actually just be like a an independent company doing something having an effect on an ecosystem to the point where huge amounts of trust in scientists is is lost yeah so that's that's one of the things kevin was really worried about it's got to be really carefully regulated and the reality is it's not going to be well i don't know about that actually because basically because of human paranoia and think of all the the paranoia that resulted from GM foods entering the food chain. Mm. The world is pretty hot on genetic engineering in terms of watching it and being careful of it. The other good news is that if they are trying these things out on small islands to begin with, they are inherently isolated to an extent. So if you're going to do an experiment, an island is probably the best place to start. Except that it's been shown before that these things move around because humans move around. I mean, nobody... The humans who introduced the invasive species onto the islands didn't do that deliberately. The rats were just on the boats. Uh, yes and no. So whenever we talk about things like goats and pigs and whatnot, they were very often just introduced fairly deliberately. They were shoved out because there was something else to well, eat. Well, you're not going to have a stowaway pig, are you? <laughs> I mean, That would be a brilliant movie. <laughs> I would watch that. Actually, that's probably what the next babe that movie nearly, is. nearly happened in Moana. I haven't seen Moana. Moana is a brilliant children's film that has a soundtrack written by the guys behind Hamilton. And it has uh, Dwayne Johnson as the... As a, as in Dwayne as, the Rock Johnson. As a demigod character, which is just... I mean, it's it's one of my favourite films of all time. Anyway, but it's got... Um, I mean, you know, bearing in mind, I only get to watch films that my children have picked. So, yes. uh, But it's got a pig which tries to stow away on a raft. Anyway, I feel I'm... Not for the first time derailing this conversation. There is an idea, and I don't really understand this well enough, but there is an idea that it might be possible to put a limit on the amount of times that these edited genomes can be tr- can be passed down. Yeah, this is the daisy-chaining thing. I don't fully understand how this works, but it seems to involve... the. Rec- it's almost like you need multiple instructions for the for the gene to switch on and kick in. Does that sound right? Yes, or you need to have an exact sequence of genes in order for the genome to work, the the, the edit to work. Oh, I'm yeah, out so, of my depth so again. So again, some of the really fascinating things about this is it, it amounts to precision. So if we're getting what these people who are hoping to wipe out rats and islands are hoping is that if they look at the local population of rats, because there's been what you call a finder effect, they're all descended from that first highly fecund rat that landed there. We always transport the fecund ones. We do. (laughs) But it means that they should actually have a limited gene pool. So a rat on an island is more likely to be related to all the other rats on the island Mm. than the rats on a neighbouring island. So this means that there might be some kind of genetic markers, that there might be some way of tailoring these uh, gene drivers to only work on that island and nowhere else. Think of it like a safety mechanism. Now, this does hark back to... Some great sci-fi films of the late 1990s. Uh, I can't even remember which ones, but I do remember there was a sci-fi discussion of what if you could make a plague uh, effectively... Racist. Yes. So what if we could find gene markers in humans? That Mm. means that you'd only wipe out... Oh, uh, Utopia tried something similar. 
Did you, did you ever see Utopia Channel 4s? No, I didn't. So it was a thing which was trying to make everybody infertile and a plague that would wipe out tons and tons of people. Um, but it wouldn't work on everybody. Basically, anybody who had a Romani gypsy descent would be the only humans left alive because they thought that was a small enough population to repopulate the planet. It's quite a good series. And by the way, I should have said spoilers alert. But, you know, it was yours back. It's your own fault. It's kind of a given. It's on a box set. With this program. I would actually love to hear from people who either know a bit more about this or have strong opinions on this. Uh, please, you can tweet us at Level Up Human. You have precisely 240 characters to make your succinct point about this. Let us know what you think. Well, would you be in favour of gene drives or not? And why? Ireland might get its snakes back. Ireland might get its snakes back. There you go. There you go. See, this is we we are fixing up your space program. We're bringing your snakes back. It's all good. <laughs> That's about it for this episode. I think. Let us know what you think about gene drives. Tweet us at Level Up Human. And if you want to see Simon and I doing live stand-up comedy about conservation, you can do that Friday the twenty-third of March. Yeah, we'll be at the Huxley Theatre at London Zoo as a special event for Earthwatch. So uh, come on down. That was Level Up Human, hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheelie, and supported by the Wellcome Trust. For more information, go to levelupyoumen.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.